movie at the very end, so we get to talk about that. What the fuck? Did I get a s- sliver? What are they called? Splinter. <laughs> How did you forget that word? I don't know. <laughs> a splinter? A splinter. Oh, shut splinter. up. Give me your dollar. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah, if you want my notes, you can have them. I'm just going to read the Wikipedia page. Okay, fine. You can just follow along with me as I read the entire podcast. <laughs> wow. Wow. Love that journey for me. <laughs> yeah. Welcome Ima- to our spoopy podcast. Imagine being... I knew you were recording. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. When because did I press the button? Whenever you put the thing over your ear. No. Give me your dollar. <laughs> when you put the thing over your ear. <laughs> Shut up, Rosa. <laughs> I know things sometimes, okay? I pay attention. Name one thing. Name one that uh, name, name a woman. Name a woman. Whitney Houston. Yeah. <laughs> name every woman. <laughs> oh, you like women's rights so much? Name every, every woman. woman. Whitney Houston. I mean, this is the only I correct answer. I'm every woman. <sighs> I miss classic. Her. Why? She's dead. So? She, her music still exists just because yeah, she's dead. I miss her personally. There's a we lot of people friends. that are dead. We were friends. I feel like there's more people that are dead than there are alive. I don't think so. I think so. Hey, Google. How many people are dead? (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. Uh, How many people are dead? Let's count. One. George Washington. Okay. (laughs) Abraham Lincoln. Two. Uh... Not Betty White. Not Betty She's White. She's alive. Oh, let me put that finger down. Yeah, put here. I'll count the alive people. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sheer. Cher? I'm not sure. Dead Sh- or alive. Cher. Uh, She's alive on the outside, she, but dead on dead the inside. Dead on the inside. Or the opposite? So we'll count her as both. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you get Cher, I get Cher. Perfect. Love that journey wow. for me. Is that it? Um, oh, me. Um, dead. Uh huh. You <laughs> alive? No. Dead. Oh, dead. No. <laughs> so yeah, there are more dead people than are alive. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of people. That's a lot. Six. There's six <laughs> dead people. And three alive. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Man. We, gotta, we better get on it. Yeah. Well, I can't. We can't. We, if we're, we're both dead. dead. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> get out of my house. <laughs> I live here now. I'm a ghost. Well, welcome to Don't our Spoopy Podcast with That's Chris and our Spencer. Our Spoopy Podcast with Spencer starring Chris. <laughs> Guest starring for a very long time, Chris. I mean, <laughs> what I was trying to think. What is the word for when there's a, a long time person on a show? And a stand-in? I don't think that's it. And it's not cameo. Recurring it's character. reoccurring character? Reoccurring character. Recurring. Not reoccurring. Recurring. Reoccurring. No, there's no O. Reoccurring. No. <laughs> Reoccurring. Recurring. Reoccur. No. Reoccur. I barely know her. <laughs> Got him. Absolutely not. Absolutely, <laughs> ma'am. This it's is canceled. the Walgreens. Can you stop? No. Um. Well. I hope you really enjoyed our episode from last week. It was fun. Because we're going to talk about it again. We're going to go going, bitch. It's like on it, and then just get it. It's you like get hit Ted it, Bundy. and bam. You get Ted well, Bundy. Yo, you get murdered first. Everyone gets murdered by Ted Bundy tonight. <laughs> I deleted that app off my phone uh, with the goat. And and all of the other noises that you made, like Actually, the tornado did, siren. Did 
Did I? Oh, wait, Rosa. <laughs> She's still going. Imagine a fucking YouTuber. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine a, a fucking, fucking YouTuber. YouTuber. I love that. No, um, I that. Oh, so we don't get our car noises. I'm going to re-download it. <laughs> because then you're going to be obsessed with it and you're going to play it on the podcast all the time. Oh, I haven't made the people at work think that I'm weird enough yet. So, Weren't I'm you talking with one of your coworkers this. about sex? Yeah. Yeah. Multiple. Oh. All of them. Yeah. On the I would not talk to any of my coworkers about sex. <laughs> talk to all your coworkers about sex. No, I used to talk to you and Melissa about sex. Now you I work talk with to these girls. What? I'll talk to Twitter, but I would dare. <laughs> I would. Never I don't know them. My public. Concerns. I don't. I don't know them. You I don't know people on Twitter. Kendall and Tony, they're your coworkers too. Do I get paid here? Are you opening up a drink and eating for free? Yes, you get paid. Um, this drink is one that I purchased, okay? We're actually getting paid thanks to Woodlawn Theater. <laughs> perfect, perfect segue. Segue. Uh, <laughs> 35 years ago, the Miami Sound Machine released the smash hit Conga and took the world by storm with their high energy music from visionary producer Emilio Estefan and fierce front woman Gloria Estefan. Their incredible story comes to life in the musical On, On Your Feet. Feet. We in invite you to experience this crowd-pleasing show at San Antonio's Woodlawn Theater from March 20th through April 11th. It's it's the first time a local theater in uh, Texas is producing the extraordinary musical musical based on the lives of the legendary husband and wife team. The duo's creative vision and dynamic Cuban-infused sound earned them the 26 Grammy Awards throughout their career and a lifetime of fans. See on your feet at the historic Woodlawn Theater, opening March 20th. For ticket information, visit woodlawntheater.org or call 210-267-8388. Enter code CONGA, C-O-N-G-A, when buying tickets online or mention it when calling the box office to receive 10% off your purchase price. See on, on your feet. feet! Only at the Woodlawn Theater. Mm -hmm. We love, love that. that. We love yelling things I together. I can't wait to go <laughs> see this. Um, also, um... <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have that something sounds... else to say. No, I just wanted to have two ums in a row. Oh, okay. Well, should we go ahead and start talking about soupy stuff? Yeah, let's go. Well, I have almost ten pages. No, written. wait. Okay, go. I have almost ten pages written, which I absolutely love uh, because there is a lot to talk about still. Uh, because. Tonight, on tonight. Not on tonight. We are continuing the harrowing story of a Ted Bundy. Last week's episode, we highlighted we together because we did a united topic last week. Mm -hmm. uh, for the first time ever in our 40 weeks, uh, celebrating our 40th 40. episode. We highlighted the disappearances of women throughout multiple states that led to a rising suspicion of Ted Bundy being involved in their disappearances. Tonight, we will highlight this capture, his capture, arrests with an S, mm. and the story of his trial as well. On 60 Minutes. Tick, 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 tick. Can we do it in 60 Minutes? I doubt it. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Roll tape. Well, so let's go ahead and start. So where we oh, ended... Wait. Oh, no. Oh, no, you're out. Okay, 
You start talking. Okay, so what I was going to say is where we ended was... Um, he arrested Travis. Yeah, he hadn't gotten arrested yet. And basically, they had started to pool all of this information together um, into one big computer. This was like, oh my gosh, we have this whole idea. Even though Klopfer had called them multiple times saying like, Ted Bundy, the guy that I'm dating or have been dating, uh, he's, you know doing all these terrible things and I'm pretty certain that he's the one who you guys keep describing. They're like, no, no. no. He's white. Yeah, he's, he's white this? and he's a law student. Like, he would never do something like that. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. Okay, go. Um, so it was like, okay, finally he's at the top of the suspects and at the top of their 100 best suspects. Um, and I mean, finally, just after all this time. So, we move on to the story. On... In the early morning of August 16th of 1975, Bundy was arrested by Utah police after he was spotted cruising around residential areas in the pre-dawn hours. Like, we're talking early in buttfuck, middle of the night. Early in buttfuck? Buck, early in buttfuck night time. Buttfucking happens at approximately 3 a.m. to 3 a.m. Yes, so it was around 3 a.m. Upon noticing the police car, Bundy was an off road and just, like, decided to speed at high speeds in this residential area, which then caused a, a police chase. Once they pulled Bundy over, the police officer investigated his car and found the front seat had been removed, laying on top of the back seats, found a ski mask, a second mask made from pantyhose, a crowbar, handcuffs, trash bags, excuse me, a coil of rope, an ice pick, and other items initially assumed to be burglary tools. Oh, honey, that's just my Friday night. Apparently, that's what he basically says. Right? Next sentence. Bundy maintained that the ski mask was for actual skiing, and the handcuffs were found in a dumpster. But, like, why? For sex. (laughs) Like, why were you dumpster diving, and why did you pull out handcuffs out of everything else that you could have pulled out? He's dumpster diving at the police station. <laughs> and the police officer was like, these ones are old. <laughs> they just throw these in the garbage, I guess. Uh, and then the rest were just household items. But, like, that's a really Very odd combination. Yeah, of uh, equipment. I know. I mean, it's like when I go to the, the grocery store and I get uh, Crisco and condoms and, like, rope. What do you think I'm going to do? Uh, bake a chicken? Yep. Uh, huh? Choke a chicken? Yeah, there you go. Hmm. Hmm. Stupid! <laughs> <laughs> why is so? It's like, why are you like, clucking all the time? One of those rubber ones that go. Yes, that means yeah. masturbate. Okay, I was like, yes, we're not stupid. <laughs> we're, we were talking about little wait, chickens. What? <laughs> I uh, ma 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 uh, masturbation. <laughs> Oh my god, they don't tell me about that in my coupon videos. I know, seriously. <laughs> After all the condoms you buy from that. <laughs> <laughs> the surprisingly, there's no coupons on Oh, damn it. Also, They're expensive. I don't need them. <laughs> Lube, though. <laughs> Plenty. Can we have coupons for that, please? Hey, uh, KY. What did I say? Crisco. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Come on, honey baked ham. <laughs> it's all natural. <laughs> I love when old people make jokes like that and they're like, Vaseline? I'm like, what? <laughs> Who uses Vaseline anymore? That is not smooth. No. <laughs> That's very grainy and I feel like we'd end up with like sandpaper on our dicks. I feel like my skin is leaving. <laughs> <laughs> like full on like existential crisis. Like just what's the out of out. out of body experience? Like <laughs> the skin has just been like, oh. it's like, well, 
<laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Combo. Um, so the police did not have sufficient evidence to detain Bundy and he was released on his own recognizance he was placed on a 24 hour surveillance by the Salt Lake City Police though however while Bundy was in custody a detective just like that oh but this too I love that you redownloaded it just for this instance. Yes! <laughs> um, while Bundy was in custody, <laughs> a detective in Utah remembered a similar suspect and car description from the November 1974 Durant kidnapping. They searched his apartment only... <laughs> what are you laughing at? Durant. Durant. Where are you going? I'm going down to Durant. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's our last name. You're going to the ranch. You're laughing at a victim of a heinous crime. I just want to Listen, (laughs) you can find me down at the ranch, (laughs) but only on Thursdays. Are you Jersey now? Um, Yeah. Um, Well. (laughs) Philadelphian. (laughs) You sure? Uh, Well, they searched his apartment while he was... Well, I don't know which apartment. I couldn't figure that one out. Only to find a guide to Colorado ski resorts with a check mark by the Wildwood Inn and a brochure that advertised the high school play where Deborah Kent had disappeared. Bundy later, later said that searchers missed a hidden collection of Polaroid photographs of his victims that he destroyed after he was released. So he was like, oh, you guys could have caught me then, but you didn't, bitches. Um, after Bundy was released from custody, Thompson flew to Seattle. He's a detective. Um, to interview Klopfer, who told them in the year before moving to Utah, she found objects that she couldn't understand. Would you like to tell them what items that they found? Uh, a crutches, mm-hmm. a bag of plaster of Paris, uh, a meat cleaver, uh, surgical gloves, oriental knife, oriental knife Mm -hmm. like a samurai sword but i kind of assumed (laughs) okay samurai sword um and uh blue blue he kept in his glove apartment and a sack of women's clothing Mm -hmm. which uh that's kind of alarming (laughs) listen i have some women's clothing i mean i I guess i do too (laughs) you're right it's not that weird (laughs) anyways i have my kimono (laughs) thomas go get my kimono uh i thought that people call them robes nowadays no it's a kimono (laughs) okay Mm. Let me live my fantasy. Sure. Uh, So Klotfer also maintained that Bundy had stolen everything of significant value that he owned. um, But as as he was perpetually in debt, um, and when she confronted him over a new TV in stereo, he warned her, if you tell anyone, I'll break your fucking neck. Which Wait, let me do it. Uh, He's kind of Canadian. Yeah. If you tell anyone, I'll break your fucking neck. Yeah, I guess that's what he sounds like. Yep. She also said that Bundy would become very upset whenever she considered cutting her hair, which was long and parted down the middle. Just like every single woman that he murdered. Um, mm-hmm. And would sometimes wake in the middle of the night to find him under the covers, examining her body with a flashlight. So normal. Uh, ma'am, these are <laughs> multiple instances where you should have run. I look at Thomas naked in bed with a flashlight all the time. He doesn't know. Yet. You want me to wake you up for it next time? No? I don't think that he was waking her up on purpose. <laughs> oh, it was just no, happening. Yeah. No, I, I know. I'm just asking oh. if he wants to be waking okay. up for it. Maybe just like someone who watches. It's like uh, an experience. Yeah. Shortly after, Clotford was interviewed by another detective from Seattle Homicide and learned of the existence of Stephanie Brooks and her brief engagement to Bunny. That was the one who 
dumped Bundy and then went he was back. Like, I'm going to go be a lawyer. Yeah, I'm going to be a lawyer now. And then they got back together and she's like, oh, wow, look at how successful he is. <laughs> He's so and then he was like, oh my god, look at my uh, fiancé. Just kidding! Fuck you, And then bitch. he disappeared. Yeah, exactly. So then in September, Bundy sold his Volkswagen Beetle to a Midvale teenager, which was then impounded by Utah police and dismantled by FBI technicians. Um, sir, massive red flag. Mm-hmm. You literally got arrested last month, and now suddenly you're like, oh, fuck, get away, like, get everything out of here. That sends up a million red flags, like, immediately. Sell my car. Yeah. Uh, sell my house. Tickets to Germany. Yeah, just go. Um, Well, they found hairs matching samples uh, obtained from Karen Campbell's body and later found hair that they identified to be microscopically indistinguishable indistinguishable from those of Melissa Smith and Carol Durant. Durant. Yeah. This was all before genetic tests were available to compare, so they couldn't have done genetic testing on these hairs. Um, FBI, the FBI specialist went on to say that the presence of hair strands in one car matching three different victims who had never met one another would be a coincidence of mind-boggling rarity and this is where i rub my temples and scratch my eyeballs and just look at everything and say but like what the actual fuck yeah the guy has the hair of three victims in his car at least one confirmed the other two you're like they look pretty similar hey coincidences you literally just said a coincidence of mind-boggling rarity. Yeah, the fuck it is, because it's not fucking possible. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. He fucking destroyed these people's lives. You're a fucking moron. Put him in a jail cell. Say, you're in jail because we have genetic evidence. Like, god dang it. Hey, it's the 70s. Morons. The whole lot of them. They were all like, I don't think he did it. Also... How do you feel about going out to get an avocado fillet, uh, colored couch today? Do you want yeah. to do that? You want to go put panels on our walls? Let's go get carpet. But Let's put walls. carpet on top of the hardwoods. Ooh, Ooh I love uh, that. Mm-hmm. Also, are these bell bottoms too much? <laughs> no, never. never. You see this afro? <laughs> How do you feel about it? Hold on, let me loosen my ascot. <laughs> So then on October 2nd, Bundy was put in a lineup and immediately identified by Carol DeRanch and recognized by witnesses at the high school auditorium where Deborah Kent was taken. There was insufficient evidence to link him to Deborah Kent, whose body was never found, though a skeletal fragment was later identified as Kent's through DNA analysis. However, the hair sample and being picked out of a lineup, there was more than enough evidence to charge him with aggravated kidnapping and attempted criminal assault in the DeRanch case. He was freed, however, on $15,000 bail paid by his parents and spent most of his time between indictment and the trial, betrayal, LOL, in Seattle living with Klopfer, living in Klopfer's house. So his parents were like, you're not going to be in jail. Just come out with us. It's fine. Yeah. $15,000? $15,000 in the 70s was a fuck ton of money. I think you could buy a house. Yes. You could buy a car for much cheaper than that. Yeah. Like, my parents, I'm pretty certain my dad bought his car, first car for, like, $2,000. Oh, I'm sure. He was like, I'm going to take a part-time shift at the gas station yeah. twice a week and buy a car in mm-hmm. six months. Exactly. And now I have, I'm saving it for a car right now, and it'll take me probably 10 years. So, here we are. Um, Seattle police, at this time, still had insufficient evidence to charge him with the Pacific Northwest murders, but they they kept him under close surveillance to the point that Klopfer wrote, when Ted and I would step out to go somewhere, so many unmarked police cars would start up start up that it sounded like the beginning of the Indy 500. <laughs> it's kind of funny. 
let's go ahead and raise it's a tiny one but it's a little red flag yeah let's just a small one that. why are you still with him get out <laughs> seriously get out girl first of all if she was like oh i have a suspicion that he's murdering people <laughs> yep what the fuck girl? I stay with him <laughs> It's what the, the 70s and I'm a woman. I have no idea what to do. do. You know how many people are out there right now that are single as fuck? Me. I mean, <laughs> you could date her. I don't want to date her. <laughs> There's no other men except Ted Bundy. <laughs> I'm every Literally <laughs> half of everybody. Mm-hmm. And, well, okay, we'll take off another 5% because they might be gay. So 45% of people would probably want to get with you. Yeah, exactly. And you could get with all of them. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You might be ugly. Uh, well, <laughs> In the movie, she wasn't. But that's true. <laughs> but I mean, somebody's gonna. I mean, somebody will buy what you're selling. No, oh, yeah, especially in the seventies. <laughs> Unless you've got like a third arm or something. Mm. No, they probably still buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, they're, 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 price goes up. You've got the internet. <laughs> there is some weird shit out there. <laughs> How about you take off all three of your sleeves <laughs> and come <laughs> over here? Unglove, uh, unglove all, all three hands. hands. Let me see those 15 thingies. You touch my shoulder and my back and my feet all at the same time. What? What? Okay. How much are you going to pay for that? I mean. Premium dollar. You would make a killing. Mm-hmm. Premium dollar. So then in November, three principal Bundy investigators from Utah, Washington, and Colorado met in Aspen and exchanged information with 30 detectives and prosecutors from five different states. While they left this meeting convinced that Bundy was the murderer they were looking for, they agreed that more hard evidence would be needed before he could be charged with anything. So then in February of 1976... Bundy's trial for the Durant kidnapping began, with Bundy waiving his right to a jury due to the negative publicity surrounding the case. So he was like, nah, I don't need a jury. Uh, I'm just going to be tried by a judge. Uh, After the four-day trial and weekend of deliberation, the judge found him guilty of kidnapping and assault. Excuse me. I feel like if he had gotten, if he had done a uh, jury, well, I don't know. Uh, The jury, because there was already so much shit going around this case, yeah. Because, I mean, the, immediately when he got cap- caught with this, everyone was blaming him for all of the other murders. So, like, immediately he already wasn't going to get a fair trial, regardless. So, yeah. That's true. Even though there was not really a fair trial to be had, but well, just saying. He did it, so. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you don't deserve a fair trial. Okay, that's... You deserve In a fair America, trial. everyone deserves a fair trial, fine. You're <laughs> guilty until you're proven innocent. Come on. He, yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep. In June, he was sentenced to 1 to 15 years in Utah State Prison. That October, he was found hiding in the bushes in the prison yard, carrying an escape kit with roadmaps, airline schedules, and a schedules and a social security card, which landed him in solitary confinement for a week. Where did he find a social security card? I don't know. There's a lot of questions about the things that he finds in prison that I'm like, why do you have those? (laughs) Like, 70s prisons are just like. A high school. Yeah. You can't bring drugs in here. <laughs> sure enough. Don't do it. How did you get drugs in here? <laughs> How did you find that? Oh, he told you don't do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Officer. I was like, he brought drugs in here, and they're like, oh, no, you better <laughs> don't do that. Give them here. <laughs> it's a slap on the wrist. No lunch for you. Do your mom and dad know this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. As long anyway, as I know. You can spend the rest of the day in the library. <laughs> so, 
Later that month, he was charged in Colorado for the murder of Karen Campbell and then waived extradition um, extradition proceedings and then was tra- transferred to Aspen in January of 1977. So then on June 7th of 1977, Bundy was transported to the Garfield County Jail to Pitkin, from the Garfield County Jail to the Pitkin County Courthouse for a <gasps> preliminary hearing. Preliminary. Yeah, you distracted me. Preliminary. <gasps> He had elected. Just so surprising. Oh, I'm just so shocked. <gasps> he had elected to serve as his own attorney and was excused by the judge from wearing handicubs or Roberties. Um, Roberties <laughs> or Shackles. 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 Shackles or handicubs, <laughs> as I like to call them, bracelets. Bracelets. <laughs> bangles. <laughs> they bracelets jing- they, and bangles. They jingle jangle and they cook. They hook <laughs> together. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they come as a pair. Jingle jangles that come in pair. Yeah. You don't want to have... You'll never lose them. That's true. They're always together. (laughs) You'll find the other. Uh, During a recess, he asked to visit the county... the, The courthouse's law library to research his case. And while shielded from the guards' view behind a bookcase, he opened a window and jumped to the ground from a second story, injuring his right ankle as he landed. After shedding an outer... Outer layer of clothing... He walked through Aspen as roadblocks were being set up on its outskirts, then hiked southward onto Aspen Mountain. Near its summit, he broke into a hunting cabin and stole food, clothing, and a rifle, then continued south towards the town of Crested Butte. But... It's Crested Butt. No, it's not Butte. Crusty Butt. <laughs> to the town of Crusty Butt. <laughs> but became lost in the forest. For two days, he wandered aimlessly on the mountain, missing two trails that led downward to his intended destination. <laughs> June 10th, he broke into a camping trailer 10 miles south of Aspen, taking food and a ski parka, but instead of continuing southward, he walked back north towards Aspen, eluding roadblocks somehow and search parties along the way. Like, you're a de- delusional mess from being starved and cold and everything Thirsty. and sleepy. Um and you literally are just like, oh, no, I'm going to walk past this roadblock. What is that? Past this Don't want to do anything with <laughs> Not dealing with that. Three days later, he stole a car at the edge of the Aspen golf course and drove back towards Aspen, where police officers yep. noticed a car weaving in and out of its lane and pulled him over. There they found maps on the mountain area. Uh, mountain, they found maps of the mountain area around Aspen that prosecutors were using to demonstrate the location of Karen Campbell's body, indicating that his escape route was not a spontaneous act, but had been planned. What was he, he going to do? Uh, Go and unbury the bodies and move them? No, I think he was trying to get away to a different town and then leave, but he got lost and fucking moron ended up back in the city that he was trying to run away from. Crusty butt. Yeah, and I'm sure he probably like had no idea, because I mean, this is the 70s. You don't know where you are. Any city is going <laughs> to look like another city, so as soon as he got out of the forest, he ends up in another city. He's going to think that he's still in... Uh, still in Here we are, yeah, in he Burlington, Virginia. Made to crusted butt. Um, <laughs> crusty butt. Crusty butt. Uh, and even though he was an Aspen. Like, unless there's something that says, like, for example, Aspen Country Club uh, or country or golf club or whatever it is, uh, you're not going to know that you're an Aspen. I would know. You okay. can always tell Aspen. I don't know. You can always tell Aspen. You always I'll say know. it one more time. You can always tell Aspen. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. So back in jail, Bundy ignored the advice of his friends and his legal advisors to stay put. The case against him was already weak at best and was getting weaker in pretrial hearings as motions were being resolved in his favor and significant bits of evidence were being ruled inadmissible. Instead, Bundy was like, 
Nah, I'm not saying put. And assembled a new escape plan, acquiring a detailed floor plan of the jail and a hacksaw blade from other inmates with $500 in cash, smuggled in over a six-month period. He later stated by stated by Caroline Boone in particular. So she was able to bring in, get him $500 cash and like smuggled that into him. So how the fuck did he get a hacksaw blade? I'm probably period the shop. <laughs> yeah. At the jail. Yeah, they've got shops at the jail. Like shop woodworking class. Hmm. Got to keep them entertained. <laughs> keep, keep them busy. They won't try and escape. Otherwise, they're going to... Yeah. They're going to try and escape. Escape or fuck each other. Yeah. So give them a hacksaw. Yeah. <laughs> then, then at that point, they'll just either do woodworking stuff or they'll kill each other. Yeah. So, that's terrible. Uh, during the evenings while other inmates were showering, he sawed a one-square-foot hole between the steel-reinforced bars in his cell ceiling, and having lost 35 pounds, was able Ooh, to wiggle... So skinny. Yeah, damn, skinny legend. Was able to wiggle through it and into the crawl space above. In the weeks that followed, he made a series of practice runs exploring the space. Reports of movements in the ceiling during the night were never investigated. It's probably rats. So, yeah, that doesn't sound like a rat. It sounds like your neighbor's walking sounds upstairs. Like a large man. <laughs> walking through the fucking crawl space. Shut up up there. Yeah, seriously. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, it's just no big deal. Don't worry about it. It's just a, uh, our pet elephant. <laughs> just stepping through the crawl space <laughs> on this one-story jail. Stepping on the beach. <laughs> walking on the beach. <laughs> Love that. Classic SpongeBob. Yeah. Um, by late 1977, he was he hit. By late 1977, his impending trial was causing widespread controversy in Aspen, and Bundy filed a motion for oh, a change. Want to say that word? No, because I had to define it, so I didn't figure that other people would. Cause célèbre. Mm-hmm. Cause célèbre. Mm-hmm. Celebrity cause. Yeah, sure. That's what it means. Okay. Well, I didn't know what it meant, so I looked it up, and that's what it was. So I translated it for everyone. Celebrity cause. Controversy. Controversy. Widespread controversy. 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 In <laughs> controversy. In that's the rest of the podcast. Guys. Yeah, that's blah, it. We're blah, done. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so understand. Yeah. What if we just talked like that the entire time? <laughs> wah, wah, they still got wah, like wah. six pages left, so yes! <laughs> they'd get nowhere. Um, and Bundy filed a motion for a change of venue to Denver. The judge granted it on December 23rd. However, not to Denver, to Colorado Springs, where juries historically were much more hostile to murder suspects. Love so it's like, that. oh, you want to move to, from Aspen to, to Denver? Okay. Hey. Uh, but like, not Denver. Fuck you. Yeah, we're going to give you to someone else who's going to hate you more. Um, so on December 30th, while most of the jail staff was on Christmas break and nonviolent prisoners were on furlough with their families, Bundy piled books and files into his bed, covered them with a blanket to simulate a sleeping body, and climbed into the crawl space, broke through the ceiling into the apartment of the jail chiefer who was out with his wife for the evening, changed into street clothes from the jailer's closet, and walked out the front door to freedom. Walked out the front door to freedom. What kind of jail is this? Is this a jail in Canada? Oh, I'm just going to take a break. Colorado Springs. Be back by bedtime. I want to know, yeah, what nonviolent prisoners on furlough? uh, Did you just get to leave? Yeah. (laughs) Hey. You did something we didn't like, but go have Christmas. What kind of fucking backward-ass fuck jail is this? I don't fucking know. (laughs) He's possibly suspected of murdering 
upwards of 10 women. At least at this at point. Least. Yeah. But, uh, just put him in the minimum security. Yeah, He's it's fine. fine. He, he gets a saw. Yeah. He was sawing a hole. Did I read this? Sawing a hole while the other prisoners, um, where is it? Oh, during the evenings while other inmates were showering, he sawed a one foot square foot. So while other people were out, he was just like, I'm not going to shower. What the? Awful. Yeah. Mm, shit. <laughs> shit. Um, after stealing a car, Bundy drove eastward but broke down in the mountains on I-70. Uh, a passing motorist gave him a ride to Vail, 60 miles to the east where he caught a bus to Denver, then boarded a flight to Chicago. The jail skeleton's crew did not discover him missing until noon the next day, 17 hours his escape. By that point, he was already in Chicago. Bitch, I'm from Chicago. I want to know what the 70s, you could just be like, hey, can I get a ticket to Chicago? They're like, 20 bucks. Okay. Sure. Do you need anything? Nope. 20 bucks. You don't need my ID. You don't need anything else. Like... Just get on the plane, sir. What? Get on the plane. This is why the 70s had so many fucking serial killers, because they could do whatever the fuck they wanted to. And they did. God. Like, I'm going to fucking Florida today. But, like, also at the same time, my mind, why didn't he go somewhere else? Like. Yeah. Well, I guess for an international flight, you'd have to have a passport. Maybe that's true. But fly to fucking San Antonio and drive to. Mexico. Or the opposite. Go to Canada. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially if you're going that far north anyways. Hey, no. We don't want him. I know you didn't want him, but <laughs> we didn't either. <laughs> he could have murdered my parents. Were they I didn't in... have hair like that. So then she was fine. Did your dad? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> 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 LOL. <laughs> So then from Chicago, Bundy traveled by train to Ann Arbor, Michigan, where he was present at a tavern on January 2nd, uh, five days later. So he was in Ann Arbor for like four or five days. So it's possible he probably could have killed someone or multiple people in Ann Arbor, but we don't know. Uh, five days later, he stole a car and drove to Atlanta, which he was there for three days, where he boarded a bus and then arrived in Tallahassee, Florida on the morning of January 8th. Um, so, I mean, these are all places that he could have been somewhere in murdered him because we're about to find out this is where he hits like his high like because it's the same with Jeffrey Dahmer when he thought that he could keep getting away with it he kept doing it more often Mm -hmm. uh, and got like more like blood thirsty essentially Um, so then he rented a room under an alias of Chris Hagen at uh, the Holiday Inn near FSU campus in the early hours of January 15th of 1978. One week after his arrival in Tallahassee, Bundy entered FSU's Chi Omega sorority house through a rear door with a faulty locking mechanism, which I'm like, okay, you were either walking around testing all of the doors or you'd known that, meaning he'd already been walking around testing all the other doors. He had been testing the doors for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he had to been, like, going around, like, at least watching, like, seeing what was, you know, going up with people entering, you know, all that stuff. I don't know. So, ooh, Marky. I didn't know you were up there. Hi, she emerged. She's going to get a little bit of water. Mm, she's thirsty. Uh, so, beginning at 2.45 in the morning, he bludgeoned Margaret Bowman, Bowman, the age 21, with a piece of oak firewood as she slept, then garroting her with a nylon stocking. Did I say that right? Garot. Mm-hmm. Garot. 
Um, then he then entered the bedroom of 20 year, 20 year old Lisa Levy and beat her unconscious, strangled her, tore one of her nipples, bit deeply into her left buttocks and sexually assaulted her with a, na- a hair mist bottle. What is hair mist? Uh, I assume hairspray. Um, in an, a large bottle. I know that's what I, cause I was assuming like a bottle of hairspray that's, uh, not small. Um, in an adjoining bedroom, he attacked, not that any of anything being inserted inside of you without, without your permission is pleasurable. Um, in an adjoining bedroom, he attacked Kathy Kleiner, breaking her jaw and deeply lacerating her shoulder and then attacked Karen Chandler, who suffered a concussion, broken jaw, loss of teeth and a crushed finger. Chandler and Kleiner surprisingly survived the attack. Thankfully it survived the attack with Kleiner later attributing car headlights, lighting up the room and frightening the attacker. So that was the only reason why they actually survived, because he probably would have kept on going and probably would have killed him. The detectives later determined that the attacks had happened within 15 minutes of each other, with 30 witnesses within earshot who heard nothing. I hear when someone opens one door. I hear this bitch upstairs Exactly. I hear when one person opened one fucking door. So if everyone is within earshot, how the fuck did they not hear anything? That's why, Savannah, if we ever have someone who's actually inside the house that's not supposed to be in the house, I will wake up and know it. So Savannah's lucky in that aspect because she will not. <laughs> but I will know that someone's there. So if she's being attacked, I'm going to fucking know it. Um, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hello, Mom. <laughs> Can you help me? Can you call There's someone in the house. Mom I was like, what the fuck? Are you drunk? Are you high? No, I, there's someone inside the house. What the fuck am I going to do? Call the police. Hang up on me. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Love you, Patty. Hey, Patty. <laughs> uh, so after leaving the sorority house, Bundy broke into uh, a basement apartment eight blocks away and attacked FSU student Cheryl Thomas, dislocating her shoulder and fracturing her jaw and skull in five places. She was left with permanent deafness and equilibrium damage that ended her dance career. She was a dancer. Um, On Thomas's bed, police found semen, uh, found a semen stain and a pantyhose mask containing two hairs, quote, similar to Bundy's in class and character. So I love that they're just like looking at these, like a microscope, these hairs under a microscope and just like, you know, that looks like a... It looks like Bundy's. uh, That brown hair looks like a... This is Florida, so... Mm -hmm. So on February 8th, Bunny drove 150 miles east to Jacksonville in a stolen FSU van, which, how the fuck do they keep stealing all these vehicles? Because they're unlocked and the keys are inside. It's the 70s. <laughs> Lord. Do you not know anything? They're like, but then again, they're like, oh, lost my car. I got $1,000. I'll just buy a new one. Right. Like, <laughs> well, also, they're like, where's the best place to keep car keys so I don't lose them? Duh, in the car. In the car. <laughs> I don't have automatic locks anyway, so... It's fine. Fine. What if there's a bear? Somebody needs to be able to get in there and... Save get away, exactly. Bear. You it's got Florida, but got whatever. Great Gators. Yeah. Gotta watch out for them bear gators. Gator, badgers, maybe? Bat. Are they a problem? Sure. Yeah. Feral what, hog? What about... What's a Hoosier? Uh... <laughs> an owl, maybe? Hoo! <laughs> 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 Hoosier! Hoosier! <laughs> yeah, it's an L. That makes sense. Okay. Um, so, and, and in a parking lot, approached 14-year-old Leslie Paraminter, uh, the daughter of a Jacksonville Police Department's chief of detectives, identifying himself as Richard Burton, fire department. Me too. <laughs> Which reminds me a lot of Burt Macklin, FBI. 
Except that makes Burt Macklin sound like a serial killer, and he's not. Um, but <laughs> you don't know that. That's true. Uh, but retreated when Paraminter's older brother arrived and challenged him. But it's like you just came up and asked the the daughter of the chief of detectives. Get in this van. And then he's like, I'm with the fire department. Get in the, yeah, I'm with the fire department. And I know of, it says of course Florida State be, University. Yeah. But. She's, of course, going to be like, no. <laughs> Get away you from never me. know. That's true. Uh, that afternoon, he backtracked 60 miles west to Lake City, where the next morning at Lake City Junior High School, 12-year-old Kimberly Diane Leach was summoned to her homeroom by her teacher to retrieve a forgotten purse, but she never returned to class. Seven weeks later, after an intensive search, her partially mummified remains were found in a shed near... Sewanee River uh, River State Park, 35 miles northwest of Lake City. She appeared to have been raped and killed with a knife with her underwear found near the body containing semen. She's just getting younger and younger. Yeah, it's gross. Well, all of it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on February... Uh, on February 12th, with insufficient cash to pay his overdue rent and a growing suspicion that police were closing in on him, Bundy stole another car and fled to Tallahassee, driving westward across the Florida Panhandle. Three days later, at around 1 a.m., he was stopped by a Pensacola police officer oh. near the... I've been to Pensacola. Oh. That's it. Well, that's where he was at. Wow. <laughs> near what the... A nice city. Yeah. <laughs> to get Arrested. Arrested. <laughs> So he was near the Alabama state line after uh, a wants and warrants check showed the beetle was stolen. So another thing, you already had a beetle in Washington. Your girlfriend had a beetle in Washington that was also under suspicion because you drove her car. You had a beetle in Utah. Listen, every car in the 70s was a beetle. Apparently. Four beetles in this entire story. They were either beetles or vans. Yeah. No so that, no, nothing else. Just Beatles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm deciding that I don't actually like the lime flavor very much. Um, what? It's so middle of the road. Yeah, it's boring. Well. Boring. No. Oh, you can continue. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Three days later, around 1 a.m., he was stopped. I already said that. Uh, when... Told he was under arrest, Bundy kicked the officer's legs out from under him and took off running. The officer fired a warning shot, followed by a second round, gave chase, and tackled him. The two struggled over the gun before the officer subdued and arrested Bundy. Get that bitch. Get that bitch. <laughs> Smack him. Um, in a the stick. Yeah. A Bobby. Ooh. A what? Bobby's. What's a Bobby? It's an English cop. Bobby's. Like with the big... Yeah, nightstick. And like and the I, big hats? Stop, sir. Stop, sir. And like then they the, just... Oh. The big, yeah, hat, the red coats, yeah, and their cars don't go wee woo wee woo. They're like, yeah, just like that. <laughs> Uncanny. Yeah, that's very accurate. Um, the vehicle in the vehicle were three sets of IDs belonging to female FSU students, twenty-one stolen credit cards, and a stolen TV set, a pair of dark rim non-prescription glasses, and a pair of plaid slacks. Later identified as his disguise as Richard Burton, fire department. Listen, in Jacksonville, it's the seventies. Everybody has plaid slacks. I have them right now. Ooh. <laughs> These are red, though. Uh, <laughs> red and white. Yeah, for the They're fire like department. picnic blanket. Oh. Fire department. Yeah, red and white. So are the fire department are also clowns? Uh, uh, <laughs> some may have second jobs. Mm-hmm. Being a fire department person. And rodeo clown. Does not always pay the best. Yeah, there you go. 
So that's why they had that bill. If you can escape a fire, you can escape a bull. Hey, <laughs> listen, I would venture to say that the bull is a little faster, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I'm not a fireman. I don't know. Fire, fire I'm not a fireman slash rodeo things. clown. Yeah. <laughs> as we, no, as we, as he was being, as, as we were being transferred to jail, um, as he was being transported to jail by the officer who had no idea he had just captured one of FBI's most wanted, uh, most wanted fugitives, he heard Bundy say, I wish you had just killed me. So following the changes of venues to Miami, Ben pronounced Von Yu. Von Yeeth. Uh, Bundy, I just called him Bindi. Bundy. Bindi. <laughs> Bundy, that's a good girl's name. Bindi. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name's Bindi. Bindi. And I'm here to win. <laughs> Bindi. 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 Please welcome the stage and make lots and lots of noise for Bindi Legs. That's spelled B E N D I. Or B I N D I. Oh my god. (laughs) Bindi. I love Bindi. I'm changing my name to Bindi. Bindi Legs. That's his drag name, Bindi Legs. Yeah. I love that. Hey everybody, watch this. Ooh, Bindi's legs. <laughs> Watch me, Bindi legs. <laughs> Catch me on RuPaul's Drag Race season fourteen. Bendy Bindi legs, legs. <laughs> coming at ya. <laughs> I'm here to bend the competition in my favor. <laughs> Bendy legs, so good. Just watch me foot the bill. Ah! <laughs> So Bundy stood trial. Why do I keep doing that? I keep putting trail instead of trial. Trial for the Chi Omega homicides and assaults in June of 1979. The trial was covered widely by reporters from five continents, 250 reporters, if I remember correctly, uh, and was the first to be televised nationally. Which one? Which continents weren't there? Antarctica. Okay. Africa. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Which one would you assume? I don't know. Antarctica for sure. Okay. Maybe South America. I don't know. Would they be interested in Ted Bundy killing? Everybody loves murders. <laughs> That's why you should listen to our spoopy podcast. Our spoopy podcast at ourspoopypodcast.com. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, Oh, yeah. Despite the presence of five court-appointed attorneys, Bundy again handled much of his own defense. From the beginning, he sabotaged the entire defense effort out of spite, distrust, and grandiose delusion. Ted was facing murder charges with a possible death sentence, and all that mattered to him was apparently was that he was to be in charge. According to a member of the defense team... A pretrial plea bargain was negotiated in which Bundy would plead guilty to killing Levy, Bowman, and Leach in exchange for a 75-year prison sentence. But, I don't know, prosecutors were open to the idea of this deal because one account believed the prospects of losing the the pretrial were good. Uh, Bundy, on the other hand, saw the plea deal not only as a way to avoid the death penalty, but also as a, as strategic because he could enter the plea 
wait a few years for the evidence to disintegrate or become lost because this is back when genetic evidence wasn't a thing. It's just like looking at hairs and you're just hoping that the hairs would looking at hairs. go away. Um, and witnesses to die, move on, or retract their testimony. Once the case had deteriorated beyond repair, he could file a post-conviction motion to set aside the plea and secure an acquittal. But at the last minute, he decided to refuse the deal because it made him realize that he was going to have to admit that he was guilty and he couldn't do that. Great. So, Mm. now we move on to the trial. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. At the trial... Crucial evidence became a uh, crucial evidence came from the Chi Omega sorority members Connie Hastings, who placed Bundy in the vicinity of the Chi Omega house that evening, and Nita Neary, who saw him leaving the sorority house clutching the oak murder weapon. Incriminating physical evidence included impressions of the bite wounds Bundy had inflicted on Lisa Levy's left buttock, uh, with forensic odontologists uh, matching to the with forensic odontologists match to case castings, damn it, of Bundy's teeth. So basically, like, your teeth are fucked up, and they're perfectly fucked up because the bite mark is also perfectly fucked up, so they match. Um, The jury deliberated for less than seven hours before convicting him on July 24th of 1979 of of the Bowman and Levy Levy murders, three counts of attempted first-degree murder, and two counts of burglary. The trial judge imposed death sentences for the murder convictions. Six months later, a second trial took place in Orlando for the abduction and murder of Kimberly Leach. He was found guilty once again after less than eight hours of deliberation. So these are like massive trials. And like, I'm assuming lots of information and lots of this stuff. And the fact that they only deliberated for like seven hours or six hours or eight hours is a big deal. I mean, the fact that they were just like, no, we all decided. We know what we're doing. Yep. Um, due princi- principally to the testimony of an eyewitness who saw him leading leech from the schoolyard to his stolen van important material evidence included clothing fibers with an unusual manufacturing error found in the van and on leech's body which matched the fibers from the jacket bundy was wearing when he was arrested i don't know what that means by manufacturing error like i guess they were cut weird they're like maybe kinky or something mm. During hmm, kinky. Mm. Uh, during the penalty phase of the trial, Bundy took advantage of the obscure law, providing that a marriage declaration in court in the presence of a judge constituted a legal marriage. As he was questioning his old co-worker at the, the Washington State DES, Carol Ann Boone, he asked her to marry him. She had moved to Florida to be near Bundy and had testified on his behalf during both trials and was again testifying on his behalf as a character witness. She accepted and Bundy declared to the court that they were legally married. So romantic. What a beautiful marriage. Oh my God. Mm. She's in for years of happiness. Hours of happiness? Days of happiness? Mm, Hours. Hours of happiness. (laughs) On February 10th of 1980. Well, actually, hold on. When was that? Yeah, that's a couple years. Yeah, that's fine. Um, on February 10th of 1980, Bundy was sentenced for a third time to death by electrocution. As the sentence was announced, he reportedly stood and shouted, Tell the jury they were wrong. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, girl. Oh, oh, we'll tell them. Okay, <laughs> okay sure. Put these handcuffs on. Get back <laughs> in the back. This third death sentence would actually be the one that was ultimately carried out nearly nine years later. In October uh, 1981, Boone gave birth to a daughter and named Bundy as the father. Conjugal visits were not allowed at the prison, but inmates were known to pool their money in order to bribe guards to allow them intimate time alone with their female visitors. 
Okay. Shortly after the conclusion of the Leach trial and the beginning of the long appeals process that followed, Bundy initiated a series of interviews with Stephen Michaud and Hugh Ainsworth. Speaking a third, uh, third person to avoid stigma of confession, he began for the first time to divulge details of his crimes and thought processes. He recounted his career as a thief, confirming Klopfer, Klopfer's long-time suspicion that he had shoplifted virtually everything of substance that he owned. Position, possession proved to be an important motive for rape and murder as well. Sexual assault, he said, fulfilled his need to totally possess his victims. At first, he killed his victims as a matter of expediency to eliminate the possibility of being caught, but later, murder became part of the quote-unquote adventure. The ultimate possession was, in fact, taking of the life, he said, and then the physical possession of the remains. So basically, he was like, Knowing that I killed them and took their life, I had their life in my hand, and that was like the possession of it. But then the ultimate possession was the possession of the remains as well. Like psychopath. So like knowing where that they where they were buried, that that made them ultimately mine because no one else could have them, which is disgusting. Psychopath. Yes. <clears throat> in an interview with Special Agent William Hagmeyer of the FBI Behavioral Analysis Unit. Bundy recounted the deep satisfaction he took in murder, calling himself an amateur in his early years and prime at about the time of Linda Healy's murder in 1974. However, saying that, because Linda Healy was one of the first, like, thought murders by Bundy, him saying that implied that he began killing well before 1974, although Bundy never explicitly admitted to having done so. But the fact that he was like, oh, yeah, I thought that I was in my prime around Linda Healy's murder is like... So what were you doing before then? Murdering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then July 1984, prison guards found two hacksaw blades. Once again, what the fuck? Uh, two hacksaw blades that Bunny had hidden in his cell. A steel bar in one of the, ce- the cell's windows had been sawed completely through at the top and bottom and glued back in a place with a homemade soap base adhesive. Several months later, guards found him found an aunt unauthorized mirror hidden in the cell and Bundy was again moved to a different cell. In early of 1986, an execution date for March 4th was set on the Chi Omega convictions. The Supreme Court issued a brief stay, but the execution was quickly rescheduled. In April, after the new date of July 2nd was announced, Bundy finally confessed to Hegmeyer that what was believed to be a full range to be the full range of his attacks including details of what he did to some of his victims after their deaths. He told them he revisited Taylor Mountain, Issaquah, and another secondary and other secondary crime scenes, uh, often several times to lie with his victims and perform sexual acts with their decomposing bodies until putrefi- putrefaction forced him to stop. Gross. Yeah. In some cases, he drove for several hours each way and remained the entire night. In Utah, he applied makeup to Melissa Smith's face, and he repeatedly washed Laura Ames' hair. He decapitated 12 of the victims with a hacksaw and kept at least one group of severed heads, probably the four later found on Taylor Mountain, which were Rancourt, Parks, Ball, and Healy, in his apartment for a period of time before disposing them. Less than 15 hours before the scheduled July 2nd execution, a court of appeal say, stayed it indefinitely and remained remanded the Chi Omega case for review on multiple technicalities, including Bundy's mental competency to stand trial. Oh my God, trail again. We love a trail. I know. Trial and an erroneous instruction 
uh, and an erroneous instruction by the trial judge during the penalty phase requiring the jury to break a six to six tie life imprisonment and the death penalty which ultimately were never resolved i didn't know what that meant so i just copied and pasted it i didn't quite understand that sentence the 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 judge told the the jury that they had to break the tie they don't have to break the tie oh so he said you have to do that and they didn't they okay gotcha yeah well which i mean then it would have just kept going until one of them eventually broke the tie anyway yeah and decided let's go ahead and do this yeah yeah, that's true. A new date of November 18th of 1986 was then set to carry out the leech sentence, which the 11th Circuit Court issued a stay on November 17th, so the day before. So, of course, they were like, right on that date, they're like, let's fucking kill him. And then, sure really? enough, they were like, no, ding, hold on. Ding. Don't do it. Don't do it. Not yet. Oh, God. Uh, so then, mid-1988, the 11th Circuit court ruled against Bundy and in December the Supreme Court denied a motion to review the uh, to review the ruling within hours of the final ruling a firm execution date of January 24th 1989 was announced with all okay before I said that this made itself all the way up to the Supreme Court that went through a lot of courts for them to be like it could be the Supreme Court of Florida that's well either way yeah that's still one step before the Supreme Court isn't it hmm I don't know how law works. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know anything. Um, but they still, they I mean, that's like circuit court. That's still a lot of courts to go through. That like, why did no one else? Why did no one believe that he did this? Because he's a nice guy. I don't know. No, uh, with all avenues exhausted and no further motivation to deny his crimes, Bundy agreed to speak frankly with investigators. He confessed that he committed all eight of the Washington and Oregon homicides for which he was the prime suspect. He described three additional previously unknown victims in Washington and two in Oregon whom he declined to identify if he even knew their identities. Uh, He said he left a fifth corpse of Donna Manson on Taylor Mountain, but incinerated her head in Klotfer's fireplace. Excuse me. He described in graphic detail his abduction of Georgian Hawkins from the brightly lit UW alleyway, how he lured her to his car before rendering her unconscious with a crowbar he had earlier placed beside the vehicle. He then handcuffed her and drove her to Issaquah, where he had strangled her before spending the entire night with her body. He later revisited the corpse on three different occasions. He also admitted for the first time that he returned to the UW alley the morning after her abduction and murder. There, in the midst of a major fucking crime scene investigation, which we told you this was the case where she was walking in that lit alleyway from one one block to another Mm -hmm. that she disappeared, and they scoured that he walked up in the middle of that and was like oh i'm gonna take these earrings that i left on the ground and her shoe yep and took them with him that he had left in an adjoining parking lot then departed unobserved by police that was one of those things that people look back and like how the fuck did you not? did you get in to this police investigation pick up these items and fucking leave yep. unidentified yep Unseen, unheard, any of that. Love that. Uh, whatever. Not whatever. It's fucked up. But anyways, uh, he described the Issaquah crime scene where the bones of Ott, Naslin, and Hawkins were found as if he was just there. And basically, was just like, oh, yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah, there's one tree on the left, mm-hmm. and then there's a leaf. Yeah. Just below that. It was terrifying. Uh, 
Uh, Bundy confessed to detectives from uh, Idaho, Utah, and Colorado that he committed numerous additional homicides, including several that were unknown to police. He explained that when he was in Utah, he could bring he would bring his victims back to his apartment, where he would reenact scenarios depicted on the covers of detective magazines. That's creepy. Don't laugh. So, like the covers of detective magazines, like scenes that were there, he would reenact them with people's bodies. Oh, yeah. It's not funny. <laughs> A new ulterior uh, motive and strategy in these confessions quickly became apparent. He withheld many details, hoping to use that as another stay of of execution. He admitted to other buried remains in Colorado, but refused to elaborate. This strategy did not work because in cases where he would give details, nothing was found. So they were just like, this is only more reason to murder you. Or not murder you, to execute you. Sorry. There's only more reason to execute you because you keep confessing or saying that there are murders. So we're just going to execute as you know faster. Yeah. So <laughs> the, you did kill more people. So yeah. Why would we not? Kill exactly. Them? Why would you? Why we would we not kill you faster? So you can tell us about it. Yeah. We'll so find a, out later. A detective cited this as a conflict between Bundy's desire to postpone his execution and his desire to be in total possession of the only person as the only person who knew where the victim's true resting places were. So this goes back to what they said about him wanting like so, like ultimate po- possession of people's souls. He didn't want them to know where they were actually buried, but he still wanted to like not be killed yet. Um, when it became apparent that no further stays were coming from the courts, Bundy supporters began lobbying. Bundy supporters! The fact they even exist. Well, the, I, Trump supporters exist. Um, so, mm. of course, Bundy supporters exist. Bendy legs supporters. Bendy legs. <laughs> Bendy legs. <laughs> uh, began lobbying for the only remaining option, executive clemency. A young Florida attorney who actually had relations with Bundy as well uh, asked several of the families from Colorado and Utah victims to position the Florida governor for a postponement to give Bundy time to reveal more information. But all of the families refused. They like, are you fucking kidding me? We so just you lost, want us to not, not kill him? We lost our daughters and you just want us to not kill him. Why? <laughs> Mm. Doesn't make any sense. Oh, because he might give more details. Uh, we already. So the next we know line, already. The families believed the victims were already dead, so they didn't. Th- they didn't think that the, the that they were still alive anywhere. Um, and Ted killed them, so they were like, "We don't need his confession. We already know he did it. So mm. just fucking kill him. Like <laughs> we're done with it. Do it." The governor also made it clear that he would not agree to any further delays in any case, anyways. So basically, even if the families had come up and said, "Oh, give him more time," he was still going to say no. Um, Carol Ann Boone had championed Bundy's innocence throughout all of his trials, but felt deeply betrayed by his admission that he was, in fact, guilty, and also finding out about this young attorney that he was also sleeping with. Or not sleeping with, uh, fucking, or had relations with. Um... He moved back to she moved back to Washington with her daughter and refused to accept his phone call on the morning of his execution. Hegemeyer was present during Bundy's final interviews with investigators. On the eve of his execution, he talked of suicide as he did not want to give the state a satisfaction of watching him die. Give the state the satisfaction of watching him die. Bundy died in the Rayford electric chair at 7.16 a.m. on January 24th of 1989 at the age of 42. 
Hundreds of revelers sang and danced and set off fireworks in the pasture across the street from the prison as the execution was carried out, then cheered loudly as the white hearse containing his corpse departed the prison. His body was cremated and his ashes scattered at an undisclosed location in the Cascade Range of Washington State in accordance with his will. And that's where Ted Bundy ends. Yeah. I don't think that people should celebrate deaths. Mm. I can see why. I can see why they did it, especially after like the widespread like media attention that this grabbed, especially yeah. being the first trial like this to be televised. Um, and I like, wonder, can you tell people that, or can you tell the state that you don't want people to see you be executed, or is that like not your choice? I don't know. I want to be executed in a well back in the day watching room. watching people get electrocuted was like a big deal a but yeah. now i don't oh. think i don't think people can watch you like in the states that still have the death penalty i don't think people can watch you get your injection injections hmm. i don't know i don't know how it works we should go to law school for that we, there's a lot of things that happened in this case that we could have gone to law school to figure out but we didn't um well yeah I don't know. too late now yeah he's dead yeah he's gone he's gone for good well, thankfully. Um, but no, at the same time, like, I don't want to say people shouldn't be celebrating, but at the same time, I understand it because understand he deserved it. Yeah, it. But yeah. I don't know. Because at the same time that, like, celebrating his death is like celebrating the loss of life for other people in yeah. a way, like the other girls that died. I don't know. It's a double-edged sword because I personally would probably be one of the people who are celebrating. <laughs> Ooh. Because I would be glad that he's gone. Well, yeah. I mean, there's people today where I'm like, you could say, I wish they had a heart attack or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's right. I don't know. The fact that he took so many lives, it's not great. He'll not be, great, man. He'll be judged. Oh, I'm still really Christian. He'll <clears throat> be judged in heaven. Uh. Psalms 13.13. Thou shalt be judged by thy maker. Yep. Revelations thirteen thirteen, thou shalt be judged by thy maker. Yep. Hey Google, <laughs> what is Psalms thirteen thirteen? Let's see if I got it right. I don't think it's right. This is basically what I said. <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty close. It's like. Nav and close. If we're gonna give like a hundred percent rating, close. I'd probably say like a ninety-seven. Glenn close because the wording was just a little different, and that's also like the King James version. I'm talking about the original. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know anything the about new, what you're saying. So New Testament, sure. Um, you know, yeah. Well, okay. One thing I did want to talk about, and this opens the floor to you now, since I read nine pages and you didn't get to talk very much. I read um, a lot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very vocal. Yeah. Um. So, oh, sorry. Um, what did you think about the movie? Didn't like it. Okay, why? It was good. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it was okay. It, Tell me, what are your opinions? Use uh, words. <laughs> I don't know. It was just kind. Of, it was too focal on Bundy mm-hmm. and not focal enough on his victims. Yeah. Uh, Zach Efron was. But I guess they they were trying to depict like an idea of like not showing like all the murders and shit. Yeah. Which they didn't. They didn't show any of the murders, which is good, I guess, in that aspect, because they didn't want to celebrate his murders. However, continue, I'm sorry. Uh, Chloe Seventy should have been involved somehow. Who? Chloe Seventy. Mm-hmm. Chloe Seventy. Who's that? Chloe Seventy. Yeah. 
close. You can keep saying her name. It's still not going to. She's an actress. Yeah. I like her. Okay. She's very pretty. You are using all of the words that are great. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. That's the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> We're done. We're done here. Now, I didn't like the movie because I feel like they portrayed him as a sex symbol. A good guy. Like, the entire time, they made it seem like he... It was one of those docu... It was almost like one of those documentaries, because this was just after, like, the making a murderer, and, like, what's what was the one where um, that guy was, like, in jail wrongfully or whatever, and, like, it was a big deal, and everyone's like, oh, my God, he's not supposed to be in jail because all the evidence was stacked against... They basically made it, like, one of those things, to make it seem like everyone was out to get him, and that, like, they were trying to pin all this shit on him when it wasn't really him. But, like, then reading all this case, like... Yeah, it was sure as fuck you. So this movie, because like I ended the movie and I was like, well, did they really kill the wrong guy? Like, but knowing all the history about Bundy, no, the fuck they didn't. <laughs> I think they tried to make it too much from his perspective, and it should have been more from like they they a almost third made it feel as if like you would feel bad for him. You should feel bad for him, almost like that. No, you shouldn't feel bad for him. He was a murderer. He was a murderer. A monster. He destroyed so many people's lives, so many people's families. Like. No, you didn't get to get this movie that glorifies him. And on top of that, they put the, one of the hottest men on the planet as his role and made him look so sexual and sensitive, like sexualized. No. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't like the movie at all. That's a, that's a lot. I, I did like I did like the, the acting in it kind of uh, because I do think that after watching some of the like scenes of actual Bundy, uh, that it's Zach did a really good job of like acting those out, uh, but at the same time, like the whole sexualization of Ted Bundy through that movie and making him seem like he wasn't a bad guy, like not not great. Yeah, yeah, they should have done more psychopath stuff. Exactly, a monster. Because then that echoes what you said is like they didn't focus on the victims. Yeah, because they were trying to focus on Bundy, but they focused so much on Bundy that they made him look like a good guy because they didn't show what he did to the victims. So, yeah. Here we are. So, people who don't know anything about the case are confused. Exactly. Especially when they were like playing like hippie music and had all the like those girls in the courtroom with them that were like fawning over him. He wasn't someone to fawn over. He was well, a murderer. I know. Him, and that's why we it said Bundy supporters. There were people who supported him, who people who wanted to see him free, people who believe that he did not do this. People are you that are kidding willing me? to marry him. Uh-huh. Have his kid. Have his child. Fuck him in a police or a, a prison. Mm-hmm. That's exhausting. So exhausting. And I'm sure there's like a lot of aftermath of this case, especially since there's more on Wikipedia that we didn't really get into, like the pathology of all this stuff, but like we hit all of the information of Ted Bundy in a, just two weeks of exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, full on, like, this whole case was just a disaster. A it's a lot. It's emotionally draining. It's a lot, like, I don't know. I look at it and say, why? First of all, why did this trial go on for so long? I mean, we're looking at 10 years of, or six years of trials. Because he kept on getting away. I don't know why he could get away. I don't mm-hmm. understand that. And then 10 years of waiting for him to get executed. Like, this is a 16-year time span that we were looking at from when he w- killed his first known victim. Um, I don't know. It's just, you, we lost so many lives in this world because of this man. Because of people who just, like, didn't do anything. It's Especially after Klopfer... The person who was with him and knew so much about him had said, already 
I'm pretty sure it's him. It's him. And the police were just like, nah. Listen. He's a good guy. He's a white man. Yeah. Which is another reason why I'm very excited to, like, potentially do the BTK killer at some point. Or be bind, torture, kill. Mm-hmm. Killer. <laughs> um, because it's the same thing. It's the same scenario. So, like, I don't know. Yep. It's dumb. So that's Ted Bundy, everyone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We did it. We did. It. We celebrated our 40th episode and only had minor breakdowns throughout. You know. I mean, I'm just glad that we uh, we found bendy legs from this. Bendy legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please welcome to Sage. Bendy legs. Is that going to be the title of our episode? Yeah. Please welcome to Sage. Bendy legs. <laughs> bendy legs. <laughs> Love that for me. Me too. Um, <clears throat> of course, we'd like to thank our. Our major sponsor, the one that we love. Do you know who it is? Economy Works. It's Economy Works. It's Economy Works. Uh, A freelance talent network that connects professionals with project work. If you're a company that needs help with writing job descriptions, conducting market analysis, managing your social media platforms, Economy Works has an extensive talent network of freelance professionals ready to help you do more with less. Economy Works! When we work, the economy, economy works. works. Find out more at economyworks.com. That's E C O N O M I W O R K S dot com. Mm. Wow. Wow. And we recorded two podcasts this evening. Bam, bam, bam. That was a lot. That was a lot. I'm ready. You're for welcome. That. Me too. So, Slip uh, remember to check us out on our Gmail. Our uh, yeah, on the Gmail. Another, Look yeah. at all the things that are on the Gmail. Go to Google and then type in our name, and then that'll be our page. Do we, wait, do we show up on Google? I'm going to do it. Oh, obviously. Be podcast. I didn't spell any of that right. It's O-U-R. Yeah, I missed the O. R. Space. And we, <laughs> and we oop. S. Did you mean our spooky podcast? No, I didn't. No. Stop uh, oh, asking. Our spooky podcast, podcast on Spotify, our spooky podcast, our spooky on Twitter, our spooky podcast, home on Facebook. Uh, our Sweet Podcast on Facebook as well. Our Sweet Podcast, a podcast on Anchor. Our Sweet Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Our Sweet Podcast, Spencer Alexander Smith. Listen notes. Um, spook- I should probably figure that out. That my because your name is just there. straight up on there. Also, sp- my social security number is. Is it? No. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought you were saying that it was on here. I'm like, what? Uh, our stream podcast stream on SoundCloud, Radio Public. I don't know what that is, but we're on there too. Reddit. We're on Reddit. Spoopy Podcast. Oh, no. It's just a Spoopy Podcast. <gasps> I'm going to post on Reddit. <laughs> Tell them what? we're on there too. There's a subreddit called Spoopy Podcast. So my favorite genre of all time is horror, and I love a good spooping. What spooky podcast people here recommend? Yes! I like a something, blah, 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 blah. So we need to get on there and be like, Hello. We can't. It's archived. It, yeah, it's from 2008. <laughs> Let's just email this guy. Yeah. Oh, hey. It's been deleted. Oh. Oops. Hey, uh, if you're out there, listen to us. <laughs> Our three podcasts. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think you heard us. Um, okay. Well, should we, like, tell them to um, get, get spoopy, spoopy with, with it? it? 